From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. Oh, I guess I should bring the microphone down here where you can actually hear me when I'm speaking into it. <laughs> Perhaps... I might have prepared myself in advance of doing this podcast. Welcome. Welcome back to the Cannabis Podcast. If this is your first time, well, I hope I haven't scared you off. (laughs) But you are in for a fun, probably maybe about 45 minutes this time, of cannabis information all lined up for you today. We have a feature interview with cannabis wellness coach Therese Bowers. Therese wants to introduce you to a gentle healing experience with cannabis. We're also going to pay a visit back to Mr. Stinky's Green Garden for a little citrus zip and a story on limonene. I also want to share a brief story with you that my friend J.S. from Quebec shared with me. And of course, I have his permission. And this is a story of stigma, cannabis stigma with insurance. And on Cultivar Corner, we're going to taste a quarter of Afghani Drifter from Greybeard Cannabis. All of that and more is coming your way on episode 66 of the Cannabis Podcast. And before I jump into the stigma story, let me do a couple of shout-outs to welcome some new cannabis enthusiasts along for the ride. Dana, who sent me an email, and she actually wanted me to discuss a topic, and I love it when you offer suggestions for me. And the topic is something that her fiancé is suffering from, CHS, or Cannabis Hyperemesis Syndrome, a, a very rare disease that apparently just makes you want to vomit all the time. Doesn't sound nice, but we're going to look into that in a future episode. And also a shout out to Kevin. Kevin is a fellow cannabis store manager in Alberta who listens on his Monday drive into work. Kevin, welcome. Thanks for coming along for the ride. It is such a fun business to be in, isn't it? And I hope you're having a good ride into work. Oh, 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 good. I'm I'm glad you missed that bump. And now let me get to the story of stigma. This from my friend J.S. in Quebec. It's actually a story about his girlfriend. She wanted to take an extra life insurance policy on top of the base one that she had so that they would be covered up to 10000 bucks, And that's where they experience what they have called discrimination. Both of them had to fill up a form. They listed their ailments, medications, etc., if they had some. They are both medical cannabis patients, so naturally they put both consume medical cannabis. His fiancée also had some other ailments, but nothing that didn't, didn't go through with their last insurance policy. And here comes the kicker. They were both denied access to that life insurance because your intake of drugs and criminal records forbids us from insuring you. And of course, the problem is, this is medical cannabis. This uses medication to treat chronic pain, anxiety, and depression, amongst other things, not recreational use. And most importantly, neither of them have a criminal record of any kind. So needless to say, they were a little shocked and appalled with the situation. And the company was SSQ Assurance. So, apparently, be a little cautious when you are speaking of cannabis when you're applying for insurance in in Quebec. Haven't had to apply for insurance of late, and I'm sure there's some issues in other parts of the country as well. Stigma, 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 damn, cannabis stigma, go away. And now, let me introduce you to a woman that I met a few weeks ago when she came into the store, and she told me about what she did. In fact, she was offering uh, some of her services for us to give away as a prize. 
for a draw that we might want to hold in the store. Her name is Therese Bowers, and Therese is a cannabis wellness coach who works out of Nelson, British Columbia. And now I used to live in Nelson many, many years ago. I was there, raised there as a kid. I went back as an adult. And for those who don't know, uh, and, and there may be those, Nelson has a pretty good reputation and heritage for being a cannabis community. So I thought it was kind of interesting that that's where she was living. And apparently she had no idea before she moved there that, that, that Nelson had such a reputation. We pick up the conversation between Therese and I just after we've reconnected, and I've welcomed her to the Cannabis Podcast. Before we dive into the details of, of what you do, which I'm really interested in, give me a sense of how you got here. What's your background in cannabis? So I have been a medicinal cannabis user for just over eight years, and I started using cannabis uh, just because I was curious. I was about 35 and had never tried cannabis before. I grew up in a very uh, secluded kind of cultural situation where we didn't, I wasn't really connected to what was going on with the rest of the world. So it was my in my adult life that I started to notice, hey, there's a few things I've missed out on, and cannabis was one of them. And so I started using it just to just just to see what it was like and started to notice that I was getting an improved sleep and my stress was going down and I was, yeah, it was helping me in, in other ways. And so that's when I moved more to be a medicinal patient and started using it for insomnia and pain and anxiety. And uh, that's where I got to be here today. And, and then my family also are, are cannabis patients. So my son has a chronic illness. He has Lyme disease and uh, he's had a pediatric uh, pr uh, prescription for a couple of years now. And then my husband as well uses it for arthritis. Okay, excellent. So, so obviously uh, an important subject within your family. Yes, it's, it's been part of our medicine cabinet for, for years now and very helpful for so many things. Wow, that is, that's fascinating, Therese. And, and what caused you to take that idea of, of bringing cannabis into your family and seeing that it has some benefit for all of you? What then sparked the idea of, of turning this into a business and helping others? Yes, well, I've been wanting to be involved in the cannabis industry since before legalization a, a few years ago. And I w worked for a company developing recipes so that uh, they would be ready for mostly topicals uh, and suppositories, and they wanted to be ready for the legal market. So I developed some recipes, and then that position ended, and I was like, oh, I still want to be involved in a way that works for me. I love teaching, I love educating and talking with people. And I, so I started researching and finding out other niches within the market and found coaching and thought, hey, this is, this is what I like to do. I love to help people and to teach. Primarily, I love teaching and sharing my knowledge. And, uh, and so I took a cannabis coaching course from the uh, Cannabis Coaching Institute in the States uh, last year. And, and who knew that there was a Cannabis Coaching Institute? I, yes, I had no idea. I came across, I'm like, oh my goodness, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. And, and so what was that experience like? Yes, it was great. It was, uh, we had four months of like live training and then uh, modules, which uh, takes a year to complete, but I'm, I'm finished now, just finishing now. And uh, so, yeah, learning about the science of cannabis, learning about coaching, uh, learning about uh, mindfulness. And so using it in a really positive way, the whole intention is 
using it, yeah, using with intention and mindfulness. Yeah, I, I've noticed that phrase that, that you use a lot, using it with intention. And give me a sense of, of what that means to a, to a typical person that you would be helping in, their, in the process. Mm-hmm. So when you are consuming or about to consume your cannabis, I encourage people to take a moment, even if it's just a breath, just to think about what it is that you're wanting this experience with cannabis to be like. Cannabis responds really well with to direction. And if we don't give it direction, it's going to find its own. And usually it's going to be based on something that we might be lingering in our, in, in our awareness. So, you know, the mood and set and setting is also something that we talk a lot about. And so when you're going out for a party, you're obviously wanting that kind of a vibe. But if you're wanting to sleep, you don't want the party vibe. And so giving cannabis that direction, I want you to help me sleep, however you want to word it. Uh, or whether you've got it written down or just somewhere that helps your body and cannabis to work together. It, it's really good to hear you say set and setting, because I talk about that all the time, that, that, that to your point. And I guess I never put it in the, the phrasing of doing it with intention before. I hadn't really thought of that turn of, of words, which, which makes a whole lot of sense, because to your point, if you go into it expecting a certain reality chances are you're going to have a good chance of experiencing that. That's very good. That's right. I had a younger client, like our earlier 20s, who said to me, oh, it's just hokey pokey. And I'm like, whatever, you don't have to do it. <laughs> but he tried it and he was like, oh my goodness, I it made such a difference. So he's, yeah, no longer hokey pokey anymore. No more hokey pokey. Yeah, because that was one of, going to be one of my other questions was did, because of the nature of what you are offering in, in terms of, you know, the discussions that you have with your clients compared to what we can even speak about in a recreational cannabis store is, I mean, there's a diversity of, of, of opinions there. And I was fascinated about your background. So I was going to say, do you have a medical background? But I guess your background is this course that you took. Mm-hmm. And my own medical research. Okay. Um, so in addition to my son having Lyme disease, my daughter has type one diabetes. I have chronic fatigue syndrome and multiple chemical sensitivity. And my husband has arthritis and we have focused on our health and healing for years and traveled to find remedies that would work for us. And so research has been a really big part of what I do. So in addition to all of the book work that I've done, I've also dived deep into my own research and experience experiences as well. Oh, very cool. Does, are there any guidelines for, for coaching? Like for example, with health Canada and, and the regulations and, and provincial regulations about we can speak about and such, is there any kind of guidelines for you in, in this type of work? Not specifically. I don't think health Canada is really kind of clued in yet. Possibly. Yeah, oh, I, well, why would that be a surprise? <laughs> Yeah, so I do have more leeway than a dispensary for sure because I'm not uh, I'm not selling a product, and so mm-hmm. I don't have anything to gain in that way. And so the way that I talk with my clients is making suggestions or recommendations. I don't talk about cures, and I don't talk about definitive things like that. It's more guidance and try this or try this or somebody I know tried it like this. And, and it's so different for everybody, right? So I don't write prescriptions. I, yeah, I don't write prescriptions. I encourage people to get them and then come back to me and we can work with it together. Okay. So you will work with somebody with their ACMPR if, yes. if they need your help going forward. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense too. You're, you're operating out of Nelson. 
I, I'm curious, did you know about Nelson's heritage before you moved there? No. Uh, so Nelson, it was when I came here that I first had my first joint. And so, no, I, okay. I was <laughs> I was a little clueless. And so arriving here is like, oh, my goodness, there's something happening here that I don't know about. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what really piqued my interest is seeing seeing the culture here. Yeah, because there is such a heritage of, of cannabis there. I mean, I was uh, I was raised in Nelson. I lived there until I was about thirteen, and then my wife and I moved back, and we spent a few years in in the early seventies there. Uh, it's definitely a cannabis culture there, and yes. and and I'm often when I when people find out that I'm from Nelson, kind of their a twinkle goes into their eye, and they go, "Oh, Nelson, huh?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes yeah. it really nice when I'm making contact with people outside of the area because it also gives a little bit of credibility. I'm I'm True. immersed in this culture. Yeah. Absolutely, no, I can see that giving you a lot of credibility. That that's yeah. fabulous. So, give me a sense, Therese, of of what happens. Somebody somebody uh, contacts you, and uh, they have a desire to introduce cannabis into their world. What kind of steps do you go through? Mm-hmm. We start with a what's called a discovery call, which is a fifteen minute overview of what's going on, and that's a free call. So, um, I I gather some data on what's going on in their health and wellness and what they're wanting to do, and then um, they book their their coaching sessions from there. So, I have a three week a session package where we, the first week, um, dialing in more what they, if they have any products on hand, I'll go through and look at all of those and, and then also look at what they're dealing with and, uh, and then provide a cannabis, a personalized cannabis guide, which goes through all the, some, all the safety on, on how to start and, and then my recommendations on which strains and dosing and schedule to work with. And then over the next two sessions, then we're, we're putting that into practice. So uh, they're going to start using the microdosing schedule that, that, I've, that I've put together and then tweaking as we go because it's not a first, it's, you're not going to get it on the first time. No, of course you're not. No. No, absolutely not. And, and is there a... Um, do you have a recommend? No, I, Ian, I was going to ask if you had a recommended way of, con- of consumption, but you wouldn't. You, of course, no. would be asking the client what their preferred method is. That's right. What, what do you find is is the most preferred method of consumption? We do a lot with oils and tinctures because of the ease of dosing and adjusting doses. Uh, edibles, I tend to leave last. <laughs> because yeah, because the, of the dosing problem, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and they're so easy to overdose on, and I don't want that for my clients. I just had a client um, have a bit too much last night, so I was doing some coaching over the phone. Oh no! Last night. And and and, and it, it, can you offer any tips of of what you offered to that client as you were yes. trying to help them through that process? Absolutely. So first off, uh, be in a safe place and know that you are not in harm. Um, there's nothing harmful happening in your body. Breathe. And really just slow down. So breathe, take some water, be in a restful situation and take CBD. So take a dropper of CBD and that will help to kick some of the THC out and calm it down. And if it doesn't like wait about four or five minutes or something, if you're still feeling that just discomfort, take another dropper. CBD is not going to you're not going to overdose on CBD. Yeah, exactly. It's always something we have to reinforce with when we're talking about that. And have you ever offered the suggestion of uh, chewing on peppercorns? 
Oh, I haven't. It's in my in my repertoire, but I had forgotten about that. That is a good one. Yes. Yeah, because of the caryophylline and the and the peppercorns. Yes, that's and, right. You know, it has the same kind of thing. It impairs the THC a little bit. So yes. Uh, yes that's, and and do you find? I'm going to suggest. At least my opinion would be looking at what you do, talking about wellness. What percentage of the clients that you're dealing with, Therese, are, are looking for a CBD option? Uh, a lot of people come using THC only and not CBD. If they have had experience with cannabis in the past. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They've been trying to work with solely THC. And so so there's kind of two, two, two paths here. So there's those people who don't haven't used CBD at all. And then there's those who don't want to use THC at all. And there are those. <laughs> yes. So I'm trying to kind of marry the two because I, I believe in the entourage effect and that all the cannabinoids working together are going to be much more beneficial. Yeah, I do too. It's true. And and do you find that when you express that with your clients and, and they have the opportunity to experience that, that, that they kind of buy into it? Yes. For the most part. Yes. Yes. Okay. And re-educating around like THC has got this like, it's the evil one. The evil twin sister is THC and CBD is the good one. And I try to bring it to, you know, these two sisters, they love each other and they're inseparable and they work better together. Yeah, that's a good way to express it. And and, and I experience that all the time. The THC is such an evil, evil thing. I actually had somebody in the store the other day. They were looking for a CBD option and... Uh, it was the first time for for whatever reason and that they discovered that THC symbol, which is, of course, every package in a cannabis retail store. Yeah. And and that just freaked them out. They said, well, that's got THC. I said, no, uh, I didn't bother explaining the whole thing to them because <laughs> it would have been a fairly long conversation. Yeah. But yeah, so that is definitely one of the issues. So one of the things you also do, and, and I dropped in on one of yours, was you do introductory education really on cannabis to to those who would like to do it how often are you doing those trees um about two to three times a month i will do an intro to cannabis webinar so i just had one this morning and uh there's actually another one scheduled for the 25th of february and then the 13th of march how can people uh, get a hold of you what's what's your email what's your website address let's get that out there so people can write it down so my website is my first name therese t-e-r-e-s-e dot c-a so super easy that's a pretty good domain to grab, Therese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been happy with yourself when you got that one. I was very, yes. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. So with what you're doing, what's been your biggest success with, with your coaching so far? Hmm. I would say um, helping people get a good night's sleep. Uh, that's kind of, I really like doing that because when you're sleeping, then you're healing. And then the daytime pains and aches and anxieties tend to go down on their own. Yeah, Absolutely. Has there been, to this point, a client that's come to you with a particular issue or concern that you've, th you've tried to work through the options, but you haven't found a solution that you, that you think would be successful with cannabis for them? Hmm, not yet. I have some clients in process that we haven't, we haven't found the perfect fit yet, but we're not done yet. But you're, you're still in the exploratory stage. That's right. That's right. And how responsive are the people who were are working with you in 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 your suggestions and and where they want to go very very responsive because i find that people by the time they come to me they've tried everything else and so they're very keen on very committed to trying to find something that works and i really like clients like that because when i make a suggestion they're all over it which makes your job a whole lot easier 
Yes. And we can be yeah. successful for both the client and for me. We can both be successful. Yeah. Do you have a particular focus? Like when I look on, on your website, there's uh, seems to be that you are, are trying to help other women who are, have experienced similar, similar concerns. Is that one of your focuses? Yes, very much. So women over 40, yeah. Who are dealing with anxiety, pain, insomnia, um, depression, totally. That is a big focus. However, I have a lot of men clients too. So it's not, yeah, it's not exclusive. Is there a particular area where you get the most satisfaction out of, out of helping somebody? Uh, I think all of it. I, um, I, I think when, when somebody, so we're doing a follow-up call and they're like, I slept, I reached my goal. So when people <laughs> reach their goals of, I want my pain level to go down to two points, or I want to sleep six hours straight, or I want to, whatever it is that we're working on, when we reach that goal, that is thrilling. It's just thrilling. It absolutely is. When you, when you make, get that connection and you see the end result, I totally understand that. I'm going to throw some questions at you now, Therese, that are actually on your website. Okay, cool. I, I'm kind of curious of, of what the answers would be. So as you go to look at Therese.ca and look into what Therese is doing, uh, on the very first page, there's some questions that she's suggesting you may be interested in answers to. Like, for example, do I have to get high? Mm. I think you kind of answered that, but, but I'll give you another shot at it. Do I have to get high? Yeah, no, the, the whole point is if you don't want to be high, then that's not where we're going to go. And it's, it's not difficult to find a dose. I mean, sorry, it's not difficult to not get high, but use cannabis to, to work through your symptoms and yeah. through microdosing. So it's not impossible. It's totally doable. Many, many people are using microdosing and not having the effects of being high. So you've used the phrase a number of times and we've we've heard microdosing used a lot give us some definition in in your mind what is microdosing in terms of the actual numbers mm -hmm. so generally microdosing stays under 10 milligrams per dose but that could be you could be microdosing 50 milligrams per day but dividing it out into smaller doses throughout the day so we're generally starting at about a 2.5 milligram dose and then moving up from there to find your MED, M-E-D, or minimum effective dose. So microdosing doesn't necessarily mean the size of the dose, but it means that you're taking smaller amounts um, separated right. throughout the day. The low and slow approach. Yes, yes. And, and because of that microdosing, that's the reason that you often are suggesting the oils because of the ability to control those dosages? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. And vaping as well, you can, like with just a puff or two. So I yeah. tend to use vaping with more uh, like a flare situation. So, oh my goodness, I can feel an anxiety com attack coming on or, oh, my pain is just doubled. I need relief right now. Or uh, like those, or I have a migraine. Because uh, it's, it's faster, right? It's a faster onset, but you don't have uh, absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't have to go hog wild and have 10 puffs. You can just have what you need to. to oh, you can. Out. You can stop without having ten puffs. Yeah, you can. <laughs> no one's ever told me that before, Teresa. No, okay, this could change everything for yeah. me now. <laughs> and one other question that you have on your website that I have to hear the answer to, and that is, will I become a pothead? Mm, well, 
Depends on your definition of a pothead. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it totally does. I mean, our society certainly has shown us what a pothead is, and that's somebody who's on the couch generally, not contributing to society and just zoned out. And and no, that is not what you're going to become at all. Uh, our intention is that you're thriving and that you have energy and that you're pain-free or, or your pain is managed and that you're engaging in the things in life that you want to do. Yeah, good for you. And how do you deal with the stigma that we know is, is still out there uh, with people in, in regards to your business? Mm, I Well, just by meeting me, <laughs> uh, most people can tell I'm not a pothead. I'm an average mom. Uh, and I so being a walking advocate for it and and changing the beliefs. So when when I hear somebody saying something that's not true anymore, then correcting it and gently and just saying, well, you know what, it's actually changed now. And, and this is this is how we think about cannabis yeah. now. Yeah, good for you. That was one of the things that I enjoyed when I when I did tune into your education session and you, you were talking about CBD. And it's been a pet peeve of mine for ever since I started doing my education and kind of getting a better understanding of this wonderful plant. Uh, you know, when I heard people say that CBD was non-psychoactive mm -hmm. and, and I noticed that you, you do not say that you, you agree that CBD is psychoactive. Mm -hmm. This morning uh, I was listening to a podcast. It wasn't even about cannabis and they were talking about coffee and coffee is psychoactive. So psychoactive yeah. means that it interacts with your brain and exactly. all these stimulants do. That's, yeah, that's exactly. So the phrase that I often use is non-intoxicating. Yes, in I like that CBD. Yeah. It's clearer than, than the non-psychoactive. We actually had a debate at the store about that because they are doing a big CBD push this year. Mm. New displays in all the spirit leaf stores. And there was some literature that where they talked about it being non-psychoactive. And I actually had a discussion with head office about whether or not that was Correct. And they pointed out to me something that I didn't know, and that is the World Health Organization has now declared that they are going to use the term non-psychoactive for CBD. Oh, no. So there, oh. that adds to the confusion. Oh, dear. <laughs> we all need to write them. Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. Well, it's fascinating what you're, what you're doing, Therese. It sounds like you're, you're enjoying the experience of, of helping people out with cannabis. Um, if somebody is thinking about the idea what's your pitch for them to for them to come to you for some help? Mm -hmm. Well, really through the discovery call so that you can talk to me and find out if if we're a fit. Uh, so I can I can share the process that we go through and and at the end of the call we can both decide do is it a mutual fit? Do we both want to work together? So it's me, it's really about me and if we're a, we're a fit. I there's lots of cannabis coaches in training now. Um, not so many yet in Canada, but certainly around the US and and I, I believe everybody's got something to bring to the market. So it's finding just that energy of person that you really like and can and can click with. Oh, fascinating. And, and since I, I am recording this and this show is about cannabis, I have to point out the fact that it is right now 420 at, as of oh. this point if we are recording this. Awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> so, so I had prepared myself for it. So now, you know where that leads me, Therese? That brings me to my hot seat questions. Mm. Um, simple questions and uh, the answers are pretty easy as well. What's your favorite cultivar? I like a one-to-one -one CBD THC blend right now. Okay, nice. Any particular one, canatonic, something like that? I'm using a CB Dream. Oh, CB Dream. Okay, mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, do you prefer joints or vape? Vape. Nice. Totally uh, vape. Herbal vaporizer? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Your favorite munchie. You know, I don't get the munchies. Oh, good for you. <laughs> I don't because I'm just not a food motivated person. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if uh, anything, I use cannabis to encourage eating. Uh, oh yeah. Which uh, of course many people do. Yes. Yes. And okay. right now. Okay. So this is going to be really controversy. So if it, what I eat right now is mostly meat. So if cannabis can uh, spur me onto a slice of bacon, I'm all about that. <laughs> okay, I got you. And I think I know the answer to this based on a discussion already. Edibles or flour? Flour, flour. Yeah. And now into some terminology questions. And I, and I there's a couple of questions that I've asked pretty well every guest. What do you call a running joint? Do you have a particular word for it? Well, you know, I didn't even know what a running joint is because I don't smoke joints. Oh, well, there you go then. So, well, that's the first time I've had that answer. So that I'm going to have to, to twist my questions a little bit. Before. Okay, no, not a problem. Obviously, if you don't smoke a joint, you wouldn't have an answer to that. I don't. And because I came to cannabis late in life, I don't, I don't, I don't know the culture, that kind of cultural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you wouldn't have. If you never smoked a joint, you wouldn't be standing around saying, oh, what the heck's that? running joint a canoe or whatever it is okay interesting yes okay uh, yeah so these so just to, to clarify across the country i have so far found out that canoe is one phrase that seems to be in western canada okay um a white rabbit is used in quebec interesting and um what was the one that we just heard from nova scotia oh heck i forgot it now <laughs> oh he's gonna be sorry that i've forgotten it anyway oh. i just find it interesting across our country there's so much different terminology and the other one that is different across the country um, you don't roll joints, but you at some point have probably purchased some cannabis. Mm -hmm. What do you call three and a half grams? Just 3.5 grams. No, well, that's simple. Yeah. And again, across the country, uh, typically in BC, it's an eighth. Oh. Uh, Quebec would call it a three and a half. Uh. From Toronto East, for some reason, it's called a half quarter. Oh, so interesting. If you're, if you're ever in a conversation and you hear somebody call something a half quarter, you can pretty well tell them they're from Ontario or East or that. Interesting. Well, very fascinating uh, what you're doing, Therese, with Therese Bowers Cannabis Wellness Coach. Again, the URL is Therese, T-E-R-E-S-E -E dot C-A. Keep doing the work you're doing. It sounds like you're having a, a great time and we'll leave it there, Therese. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Gary. I really appreciate it. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. And we are gathered here today to honor another cultivar and to give it a good true taste test. Today. On Cultivar Corner, we're stepping up the game. Typically, we often buy three and a half grams for the purchases for Cultivar Corner. But just because things have changed a little bit in the industry, we've stepped it up and we've gone with a seven gram. And the reason we've gone with a seven gram in this particular circumstance is because this is seven grams from Greybeard Cannabis. And Greybeard is a craft grower that just entered the market in the last couple of months. I have a cultivar corner on their Kish coming up. Uh, that's one thing to look forward to. And now here we are talking about some of their weed. So they're entering into a couple of different parts of the legal market. And when they decided to enter into the actual flower, here's the line from their website. Why grow big, beautiful buds? 
just to chop them up into little buds for three and a half gram packs. Which is why we went with a 7.0 gram product as our launch format. Our goal is to fill each jar with at least one big, beautiful bud surrounded by smaller buds to make up the rest of the weight. And in the artwork for this particular episode, I have taken a really nice picture of the Afghani Drifter. And it is true. I had one bud that was 2.7 grams and another that was about 2.5. And then a few smaller ones to make up the 7 grams. But they did a pretty good job of filling this little jar. In terms of the aromas, what do we got? We got some earthy, a little bit of musk, some pepper and some spice. They are really nice looking flowers, I have to say. And it is pretty obvious that they are top colas just by the density of them. Now, of course, when you're getting a top cola and you start to unpack that, guess what's going to be inside? Yes, there's going to be some stems in there. <laughs> but that's just a factor of cannabis, for goodness sakes. So, uh, really interested to try this Afghani Drifter. We had the folks from Greybeard Cannabis actually in the store. Bubba, one of the people, one of the old school growers, uh, who's taking this to a new level. Uh, cool guy. Cool display stuff that they dropped off. Lots of good attitude. And uh, we're about to find out if they have lots of good weed as well. And I'm likely going to put up a couple of different links when we post this particular cultivar corner, just because I had to go to a couple of different places to get the information. And this is one thing I still find a little bit odd. You know, we've got all these craft growers out there. They're doing some cool things. They're coming out with some cool products. They're, they're talking a lot more about the terpenes. For example, I can tell you on this particular batch that the terpenes are at 2.083% of the total. All well and good. But nowhere on their site or on the package does it actually tell me what terpenes we're talking about. For that, I had to go somewhere else. And I've actually put up the link to another retailer. This is Puff the Magic. <laughs> and they supplied a little bit more detail. Uh, the terpene profile for this guy is myrcene, caryophylline, and limonene giving off gobs of hashy, earthy aromas with a strong hint of funky musk and peppery spice notes. Visually, it's a bright green bud, and I would agree with that, really bright green. And they're laced with orange-hued filaments and absolutely covered in frosty trichomes. And as I pull out my jeweler's loop, I can absolutely confirm that they are just covered in fields of frosty trichomes. Wow. This is one of the deepest sets of trichome fields I've seen in a while. Very cool to pull out the jewelry's loop on that one. It's early on a Sunday morning. What a perfect time to try a new cultivar and see what it does. And I think we've arrived at that moment. The joint is ready. The vaporizer is ready. Let me give you a bit further breakdown on Greybeard Cannabis. So Greybeard Cannabis is the craft grower. They're a part of Thrive Cannabis. That's the parent company that's putting all this together. And in terms of this particular weed and what it has, the total THC, 24.9 milligrams or 24.9%, actually 249 milligrams. The THC marginal, less than 0.1. And the terpenes we talked about already at 2.083% terpenes. And now let's see what happens when we put fire to the flame.
Now, I posted a picture of the Afghani drifter on a Reddit subgroup uh, on Rec, and somebody commented on that subreddit that they had tried the Afghani drifter and they found that it was producing a lot of black ash. They didn't think that it had been properly flushed at the end of the growing cycle. So that's the first thing I'm looking at this morning as I take my first couple of puffs of Afghani Drifter. In terms of smoking the weed, again, I'm not picking up a whole lot of flavor notes. Uh, it is smooth. And as I take a look at the ash, no, I'm not seeing any black in the ash. Uh, starts off white, then moves into a gray, but it's not turning into a black. Falls off nicely. So I'm going to suggest if there were some flushing issues early on, they have dealt with those. And then, again, from this other site that I found, Puff the Magic, they have a really good description of the process of the high. I have to give them credit for it. Uh, they're doing a written version of Cultivar Corner, in essence. And they're suggesting the high will start with the inhalation and the intensity will build slowly over the first 20 minutes. Well, we're not going to sit here for 20 minutes while you <laughs> listen to that intensity build. But we will go for a few minutes here to see how the high develops. Based on what I'm seeing in this article, it seems like it's a bit of a creeper. And because it is Afghani, one would be expecting the hybrid side to eventually come down on an indica feeling. And kind of got that impression from their road. It looked like after about 20 minutes, it kind of drifted into more of an indica experience, although some initial euphoria. And sudden surprise that they realized that they were now high. <laughs> so I've had three or four hits now. I am feeling it going to my eyes. A little bit of happy eyes going on. Not a real big bam right smack in my face. So let me get the vaporizer turned on so we can taste some of the Afghani drifter. Again, pretty impressed with the buds, with the growing that they've done. Nicely trimmed, really nicely trimmed, and they are definitely top colas. Nice looking buds inside of that eight ounce container. So good on you, Greybeard. And now, as that vaporizer warms up, I want to get a sense if there's more taste notes when we move to the vaporizer from the joint. Ah... Yeah, starting to feel it. And again, my THC is at 24.9%. And another item worthy of note, I guess this was packaged on January 4th. So just a little over a month ago was the package date on that. Has remained pretty fresh. Does have some real nice aroma notes when you open up that can. And I guess I have to agree with what they said um, about it being a creeper. It's not coming on real, real fast for me. Now the vaporizer is ready. Let's see, uh, see what this stuff tastes like. Oh, much more of the earthy tones come through there. Mm-hmm. Bit of the pepper notes. Oh, very tasty. Mmm. 
I like that. And and three of my favorite terpenes in here, myrcene, caryophylline, and limonene. And those three just seem to be the, the combination that really does nice things to my endocannabinoid system. Definitely a much more prominent taste notes when you're going through the vaporizer. Definitely seems to be a creeper. I think what I'm going to do is kind of pause the recording here, let this sit for a bit and give you an update after 10 or 15 minutes to see whether that creeping nature has in fact creeped. And apparently that was a really good thing to do. <laughs> we are now 10 minutes later. And at about the five minute mark of, of that period, suddenly I just started feeling really high. It, it didn't, again, come on gangbusters. It's a real slow build, but it still gets to the same place. Very, very euphoric. Um, little bit of a haze, little bit of a haziness to the high uh, on, on the ends of it, but it got much deeper. Uh, <laughs> I'm really stoned right now, and I don't know whether this is going to go to afterwards, whether it's going to give me a bit of a kick and, and a fall off and I could be having a nap later today. <laughs> or perhaps I'll pick up some sativa afterwards and, and see if I can save the rest of my day. But in terms of Greybeard's Afghani Drifter, their seven gram format, their top cola flower, some very attractive flowers, very attractive buds in there. Again, you will be getting some stems because they are top colas, but very nicely done. Mm, nicely presented. Love the packaging. The taste when you smoke the joint, not so much, but the taste when you're in the vaporizer, absolutely love that. And I'm pretty happy with the high too. <laughs> and and I guess it does kind of move into different connotations of this high too, which perhaps is where the name of Afghani Drifter comes from. So I think it's worthy of taking a look at it. I'm not seeing any of that black ash that uh, was referred to. So from my perspective, everything looks like we're headed for a nice little drift. And why don't we drift right over to Mr. Stinky's Green Garden for a story on limonene, or limonene if you prefer, the cancer-killing terpene. As his name suggests, limonene is the terpene found in some varieties of cannabis that conveys an aroma of citrus. Strains high in limonene include OG Kush, a hybrid, the venerable sour diesel, a sativa, and Jack the Ripper, a hybrid. Any strain of pot named after orange, lemon, lime, or tangerine likely contains this terpene. For patients, limonene means much more than just a pleasant aroma. This special molecule within cannabis flowers has been found to have amazing medical efficacy. It's capable of everything from relieving depression to battling cancer. In addition to a citrus aroma, the terpene limonene may also convey hints of peppermint and rosemary. Lemons, Limes and tangerines contain limonene. In fact, they contain the exact same molecule that is found in the resin of cannabis flowers. As a bit of an aside, goes to the point that I've been making in a lot of conversations lately, a terpene as a molecule is the same whether it's in cannabis or in a fruit. While any of 200 different terpenes may appear in an individual strain of cannabis, 20,000 different terpenes exist in nature, and the most common of which is pinene. As a medicine, limonene helps many different diseases and conditions. Like pinene, it is a powerful anti-inflammatory. That makes it effective for patients with diseases like arthritis, bursitis, and fibromyalgia. 
Possibly more impressive, however, is the fact that limonene is an antiproliferative, meaning that it kills cancer cells. Other anti-cancer terpenes include myrcene and linalool. Limonene has also been shown to fight anxiety in patients and even treats acid reflux, heartburn. Other impressive efficacies? It relieves depression and dissolves gallstones. That's right, pot can help you dissolve gallstones if it contains limonene. Unlike cannabinoids that appear only in cannabis, terpenes such as limonene and pinene are found throughout nature and in thousands of different plant species. This means that terpenes can be easily and legally used in testing and research studies. So very interesting. Thank you for that story from the folks at Mr. Stinky's Green Garden. And we'll segue right over to thefreshtoast.com. For CBD might not cause you to fail a drug test, but CBN might. Some reports indicate the cannabis component is on its way to becoming the next rock star cannabinoid of the legal weed movement. There have been several reports over the past year or so suggesting that people all over the country who use hemp-derived cannabinoid CBD products are fading drug tests. This is apparently happening as the lack of FDA regulations has allowed cannabis companies to be inconsistent in their manufacturing process. So while these products are only supposed to contain no more than 0.3% THC, not enough to get you high or cause a failed drug screen, some have more. But a 2019 study suggests that CBD users really don't have much to worry about when it comes to the possibility of fitting a drug screen. However, if they are using another emerging cannabinoid derivative known as cannabinol or CBN, they might be putting themselves at risk. Researchers at the University of Utah Health Science Center say that CBN users could have a difficult time passing a drug test. It seems that while examining a handful of cannabinoids that determine which of them, if any, might react with immunoassays, the most common type of drug test available, they found that CBN was more likely to cause a false positive for marijuana than other cannabinoids, such as CBD or CBC, cannabichromine, and CBG, cannabigerol. Specifically, the study shows that the Beckman-Coulter EMIT-2 plus cannabinoid test can register a positive for pot with as little as 100 nanograms per milliliter of CBN. Researchers say drug testing pros should keep this in mind. And they should also keep in mind that that brings us to the end of this episode of the Cannabis Podcast. Just like Dana did in this episode with a story we're going to feature next time on CHS, or Cannabis Hyperemesis Syndrome. If you have an idea for a story, please send it in. And same thing if you feel there's somebody that we should talk to. Give me that suggestion at info at CannabisPodcast.com. More Cultivar Corners are lined up. I've also got some interviews lined up, an interview I have been trying to line up for a long, long time, and that's with my boss, Tarek Shabib, the guy who owns the Spirit Leaf that I work for in Kelowna. I've finally lined up the interview. In fact, that's happening tomorrow, and the interview will appear on the next episode. And that brings us to the conclusion of episode 66 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.